What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about imposter syndrome. Here we go. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. For those of you that are new here, the podcast is a semi-regular podcast that uh, myself and Dr. Riolo do uh, that is meant to help provide resources and ideas for those that work in the veterinary profession and seek to be forces of change within it. Uh, We've identified here at Paw Health over the last five or so year, actually more so, uh, that there's a lot of opportunity in creating workplaces and uh, patient care models that are going to be pretty different from what has been traditionally offered. And uh, we've implemented a lot of different things. So really wanted to uh, seek to share some of those ideas and methods with those that are here as a means to try and improve the industry as a whole. Today, um, I actually had something come across my Instagram feed or something like that over the weekend that uh, it was a quote from a book called Strive, Life is Short, Pursue What Matters. It's a book written by a gentleman named Tim. Tim Hiller, and the quote itself was, don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle. The idea of comparing your beginning to someone else's middle is really an easy trap for most of us to fall into. I know that I've done it myself in the past, but the reason I think that we do it is because we want to improve. I think that most of the time when this occurs, folks do wish to be in a better place. Um, most of the time, it's going to be within the context of being a positive influence on themselves and on those that are around them. That was also something, though, that made me think of this comic. And for those of you that are just listening, I'll kind of read through it. But what you have on this comic strip is uh, it's an illustration of a turtle that is trying to learn how to play guitar. Um, and it, it takes him from being a small child into you know a young adult or whatever that might be. And then one of his friends, the pig, comes in, and you know as as the turtle is improving in his skill set and you know mastering everything that comes with it, all the way from beginning to uh, you know being pretty good at the instrument, the pig comes in at the end and says, "I wish I was born with talent." So why is it such an easy trap to fall into? I would say that it's because it really feels like motivation in the moment. When you can see what someone else has done with a skill set or an ability or, you know, just pure will and grit and see where it has taken them in their life, um, it can be something that that is motivating, but I would argue it is a short-term boost that if it isn't utilized in the right way, will have some long-lasting and negative effects. Because it's a pattern that we can get into pretty silently um, and not really recognize what is actually happening when we're looking outside of our own abilities out into the ether of what we would wish to be or something like that. So that might be something that can get you over a hump, out of a rut, whatever it might be, as like a short-term boost, but it's not a safe method of continuous motivation. And I would actually argue that it can be a primary source of this imposter syndrome, because what happens when we are in these mindsets of looking out is we forget to realize that we are in fact improving. 
So even though we're improving every day, this continuous look outward into at those that are around us that are more experienced, more talented, they've been through more, therefore they essentially have more, whether that be knowledge, experience, insight, wisdom, whatever noun it is you want to put in there, it is something that has been acquired over time. And it is definitely something that we can wish to uh, have one day. But that continuous look outward, even though it feels like motivation, is something that can pretty directly detract um, from your motivation in the long term. I would say it's actually one of the most discouraging things that you can do because over time, it starts to feel unattainable. Um, when I was in a band for like 10 years, you know, I was not a great guitar player, started from pretty much square zero um, and had to learn basically everything. And with that, when I was in the middle of that learning process, I would get very, very discouraged about the process in which learning took place. I wanted the end goal, but I didn't want to go through the process in which it took to get there. And what would happen was I was still operating in an environment where I had to perform. So I wasn't great, but it was, all right, it's time to be good enough and get out there and try. And although I didn't have the words for it at the time, there was definitely a feeling of imposter syndrome as a performer in that setting. Uh, why? Well, there were people that were just far better than me that were performing on the same stage. And I think that's, that's something that we can kind of glean some insight out of because, you know, if we're working in a clinic and we have some vets or some technicians that are simply more experienced, more skilled uh, with these things that they've acquired over time. So in working in the same clinic, we're pretty much operating on the same stage. And with that, there are just, it's an inevitability that people are going to be further along than you um, and more experienced, more skilled, no matter what it is that you do. There's always somebody that's going to be better, uh, which again is a good thing. It's good to have something to strive towards. However, you, that cannot be your primary focus. What you really need to focus on instead is figuring out a little bit of the path to get to that point and then focusing on the next step. So just one square right in front of you. One resource that I've really put a lot of emphasis on in the podcast here has been a book called 12 Rules for Life written by Jordan Peterson. Chapter three of that book is entitled Treat Yourself Like Someone You Are Responsible for Helping. So in this process, thinking about it from that perspective, what would you do if you were an external source trying to help yourself? And I would argue that the most effective thing that you can do is, again, to shift your focus, shift your perspective into the process by which you are going to get to the goal that you want. There's always going to be kind of this back and forth between goal and process. You know, one of the things that Dr. Riolo has said on the podcast a number of times is set your goals in stone, but your plans in sand. So essentially know where you want to head, but be able to be adaptive in the middle of it. Because when you move forward, just objectively, the way that data works, 
as you progress through the process, you will gather more in information, more insight, and you don't know what it's going to be. It's the inevitability of change. And what you have to be able to do is just adjust in the moment and, and be able to just shift your focus, shift your perspective, your process, whatever that might be, to be able to continue forward. As long as you're continuing forward, at, I would say that at the very least, the influence of this idea of imposter syndrome will start to wane over time. It won't go away because what is imposter syndrome? Well, it's essentially where am I today versus where is everyone else that is in my purview or in my sight line here? And that comparison, again, it's fair, but it is it can be so demoralizing that you really have to know what motivates you to continue forward. If that is something where you can be a very goal-oriented person and um, focus on that end position and not be too concerned about the process and it keeps you going, just keep doing it. You know what motivates you and you're heading forward. But I would say that, and this actually comes from my sales background a little bit, in that learning how to sell process, you know, one of the big things, big things that I learned was how to motivate myself. I thought that I was a goal-oriented person, and I learned in a very short amount of time that I'm not. And actually, I am a process-oriented person. I really seek to fulfill what is in front of me um, as well as I can. But what is the downside to having that process focus is sometimes I can lose perspective. I can lose like that that 30,000 foot view of what's happening and where I'm headed. So what we actually have to do is focus on balancing the two. So when you feel like an imposter, you're, you're exhibiting the symptoms, if you will, of imposter syndrome. Think about what your brain is trying to tell you. Is it trying to say you're not actually that good? Or is it saying, hey, you can be better. You know that it's possible because other people are. Now take the next step in getting better. There's nothing that you can really do to alter their position within that comparison, but you can close the gap. You can definitely take steps forward to advance on their position and make just quiet that voice down in your head a little bit. I'm not going to tell you that that voice is going to go away ever. What I'm going to say is that's fuel in a fire. So how are you going to use this fuel? Is it going to be something that is going to fuel your path out of the industry because you just can't handle the pressure of not being as good as your colleagues? Or is it going to be fuel that's going to propel you towards their position and ultimately putting you in a place where you can be better? You can be better than what you are today. You can be better than those that are around you and turn yourself into a leader, whether that be by skill set, by communication, um, by knowledge, whatever it is, whatever really gets you motivated and keeps you wanting to move forward, how are you going to use the influences that you have today to get to that point? And the focus is going to have to be on process. Have the position, have an idea of where you want to go, focus on process. Because if you have a good process, it's something you can do every day. You have to blend these two ideas unless you are just an absolute monster at fulfilling one of the two. If you're really, really, really good at process and you somehow don't veer off course and as it relates to the whole system or where you're headed, 
perfect. Keep doing it. But I'm going to bet that about 80% of you are going to have to fall within some sort of a blended system. Why is that? Well, it's hard to be an absolute expert at being goal-oriented or process-oriented. If you're ever curious, go out on Amazon or you know in, into your library or whatever it is and look up resources on being goal-oriented or being goal or process-oriented. And what you'll find is a lot of times the people that write these resources or books or whatever are going to lean really heavy into one side. They're going to be kind of that 20% uh, of type of person because they really believe in the process because it's worked so well for them. So you have these two extremes that are teaching you both sides, but what you have to do is know what they are and blend the two. You know, Don't be aimless in just looking at process and just trying to basically put out the fire that's closest to you, but also don't have your head in the clouds. Don't forget to look around at your surroundings and, and just have, don't be too terribly lofty. Blend the two. You know, it's going to be hard to move forward with no without knowing what the right blend is for you. You're going to have to figure that out in practice a little bit, but it's really going to be goal versus process. And as long as you know that the imposter syndrome is a comparison of goal to where you are, then just use that as fuel to push towards the goal. Use that as fuel to, you know, fulfill process and take a step forward today. That's all I'm saying is just take one step forward. It's super hard because we we know where it is that we want to go and we want to run to it. Uh, I think that there are some cultural influence that are really impacting that as well. And you know, you know, a lot of times it gets referred to as immediate gratification or something like that. But there, that is something that we have to beat. So how do we beat it? Well, we have to identify the systems that are perpetuating the thought of running towards the goal that we want in as short of a time frame as possible. The first system that is going to cause you to compare yourself to others is you. You're going to have some sort of natural propensity to compare your position to other people. And you have to be aware of the frequency and magnitude by which you are doing that. Because for some people, this is going to be not a huge issue. For some people, it's going to be the issue that will cause them to hate their job, hate their life. And you have to know how big of an influence this is. The other thing is you have to identify your mental strength in dealing with that influence. So whether it is a large influence or a small influence, you have to know how much fight essentially you have in your mental strength to deal with that influence as it comes in. If that is something that is weak, there are a ton of tools on uh, ways in which you can improve your mental strength. There's literally a book called 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. I would totally read this one if this is an issue that you might have. But if you have a lot of mental strength, like you know you can deal with a lot, the other side of that is going to be understanding when you're going to burn out and kind of what your limit is because you might not be able to identify it as fast and you might end up too far down the road and like the rework to get back to a stable position is going to be something that's even harder for you even though you were able to tough out the hard stuff you might actually project yourself too far outside of comfort and then get lost. So identifying systems 
that are causing you to compare yourself to others is going to be pretty operative. You've got yourself, but now also think about the environment that's around you. There are a lot of influences that are causing you to compare yourself to others. It might be your job. There might be something within the culture that is making you compare yourself to others. Could be a crappy performance review system. Could be just a general um, acknowledgement of hierarchy over you know process fulfillment or whatever it might be. It might be the focus on the ownership of knowledge over the acquisition of knowledge. That's I think is going to be a pretty big one. We've got that. We've got a potential education system. So, you know, if you're in job, if, if you have a job or if you're in school, those are going to be two pretty big systems that depending on the way that they are constructed and they are also fulfilled on a day-to-day basis, there can be a pretty innate focus on you comparing yourself to others. And again, a lot of times this is going to be purely accidental or passive. It's not going to be something where you're going to have a person that is basically talking to you one-to-one saying, you need to compare yourself to, you know, person X. It's going to be something that is intuitive and difficult to really pin down because they're a lot of times not going to know that they're causing that reaction out of you because they're not you. Other systems that might be creating this desire to compare yourself to others, trainers, mentors, but also the big one, media. Like, we don't talk about the influence of media, I would say in general, enough in how everything that we are consuming um, is, is, number one, it's at a rate that is unbelievably high you know we've got i've got this thing right here you know we've got tvs on all the time radios um just whatever we're constantly consuming material and a lot of it is gonna be really based on comparative measure good example like mtv cribs that was 100 percent a comparative view and like i know everybody that i went to high school with watched the heck out of that show Because, yeah, it had that, like, innate boost, right, that we were talking about earlier about I want this because I I want that position in life. But it became so terribly distracting and demotivating for most of the people that I knew that it was completely unproductive. It was something that was pretty glamorous to consume, but overall, the influence, I would say, was pretty negative because... What happens when, you know, you take someone who's in high school and watching these, you know, celebrities who have all of the, you know, the, the things, essentially, is it turns into something that once they get into the real world and realize how just simply difficult it is to get to that station in life, that's going to be something that is horribly demotivating. And it becomes kind of this thought pattern that says, it's inevitable, I will never get there. Having that thought of it is inevitable, I will never get there, is imposter syndrome. It, I will never get there. That means that I am just faking it. So if you feel that way, number one, if you're working in this industry or you're in the education system to get to working in this industry, 
I would argue that there are very, very, very few things that most of the people that are listening to this can't do to be successful in the world in which we operate. The difference between those that I would say are going to succeed and those that are going to struggle is going to be the ability to create and implement plans to eliminate the influences of comparative measure. Sometimes those influences are bigger than you. For example, if you're in school and you have an education system that is really pushing the, you know, this person is of higher value because of what they have obtained in terms of knowledge versus this person is of higher value because of the process in which they are going through to get knowledge. Um, If that is something that exists, you might not have the influence to change it. You're, you know, from a red tape perspective, it's hard to change these large organizations with limited influence. But you, what you can do, and, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, is you have to create a, essentially a locus of control, understand where you have influence and start to modify or eliminate these influences that are causing you to compare yourself to the position of others. But if you're in a system where you don't really have the control to alter the variables that are causing you to compare yourself to others, this is where self-awareness and communication skills are going to come into play really, really heavily. Because if you can understand what's coming in from a communication perspective in like maybe not even necessarily what people intend and you know intention is a different thing versus result but what the result is in the way that you are essentially receiving that information having con- having an understanding i should say over those two pieces is huge in the continuous success of you growing that uh, focus of control So you really have to be able to create a plan to control what it is that you can and understand the variables as you move forward. Because again, you're going to have some things that you can fix, have some things that you can't, and you just have to continue to focus on the process. But why do we have the process? Well, it's to reach the goal. And that's another thing that you really, really have to know is I would argue that the best goal that you can have is a purpose that is, you know, you seek to fulfill that is greater than yourself. But that actually brings us back right to the beginning of where this, you know, quote came from of don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle. The name of the book is Life is Short, Pursue What Matters. So what are you trying to pursue? What matters to you? What is the goal? Don't just make it, you know, chasing dollar bills. That's, that's, there's too much of an end game to that. You know, make sure that you have a goal that is hard to reach, but attainable. And again, I would say that the best thing that you can do is create a goal that makes you fulfill a purpose that is greater than yourself. A resource that I would recommend in kind of understanding the development of this type of a goal is going to be the book called Man's Search for Meaning. I'll have a link in the description to the actual text, but it's going to be something that really puts into perspective the concept of wanting to fulfill something that is greater than yourself. So don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle. It really requires two things. One's going to be perspective. The other is going to be self-awareness. 
understand your position, understand the way in which you receive and process data, understand how it is that these influences are impacting you on a day-to-day basis, and understand the control that you have to modify the systems that are creating this response in you. The last thing that anybody wants you to have to struggle with is imposter syndrome, because you know what? To become a veterinarian, to become a vet, uh, veterinary nurse, a veterinary technician, or even just just to simply work in this field, it is freaking hard to do. So you really have to have, again, perspective and self-awareness to understand your position in the system as well as how the system impacts you. Because really what you have to focus on is not the last step, but the next step. So get out there, take the next step. And don't worry about where you are compared to everybody else. Because guess what? Over time, you're gonna get there as long as you continue forward. Don't be afraid to move and shift and adapt and like, you know, again, goals in stone, but plans in sand. You're gonna have to move and shift, but overall, keep pushing forward. Don't quit because there is so much potential to make an absolute world of difference at a small level and then blow that up into something that can be industry changing. So, What you'll notice over the next few weeks, and that's why, you know, hit the like button, share it with your friends, subscribe to it, whatever it is that you do with your social media, we're really going to be focusing heavily on being a force of change within the veterinary profession. You guys are the ones that are going to be the forces of change to help everyone serve the patients that need it every single day. This industry is one that is really hard to work in, and it deserves acknowledgement you know, of that fact. Thank you for doing it, number one. Number two, it's time to put the boots on and your helmet on, and we're going to start moving forward because there's no time to sit around and wait for the world to change around us. We have to be the ones that get out and make the change. So again, subscribe, all that sort of stuff. Thank you all very much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, We'll continue to uh, focus on our Force of Change theme podcasts here. Uh, So stay tuned.